everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. This is The Drive <laughs> with Larry Hardesty. No yelling on the bus. I guarantee you, at MetLife Stadium, there was yelling on the bus, around the bus. Some people might have had to walk and not get on the bus. Welcome to The Drive on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter. At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. We're with you until 9 o'clock. JP and I, and then this Pat O'Key here on 98.7 ESPN. Well, Buttle and Grasa took you through it. You heard it live with Washusen and Lions. If you're a Jet fan, there's an old song that says, Mama said there'd be days like this. And you knew going in that Zach Wilson was going to have his learning curve, right? You knew it was going to be a roller coaster type season. You knew that there were going to be times where he would look just incredible. And then there would be times like today. And I think if you're a Jet fan, what is so frustrating about today, right, is like the first two picks that he threw came after substantial gains on the ground. So I'm watching this game and I'm like, why are we in such a rush to throw the football? The running game is working. Can we, like, keep the ball on the ground a little bit? And listen, I get it. I get that we're not trying to – this is not ground and pound, Larry. We're not 2009-2010 with Mark Sanchez over center. I get that. The game is different. You got to throw the win. You got to put the ball in the air. I understand. But when you've had the issues that this offensive line had last week, and they've shown the ability to blow folks off the football on the ground. I'm thinking, let's stretch this out a little bit. Let's establish that running game. Let's make it so that when you go to the play action, maybe you don't have a number of people around your receivers. Maybe they have to respect the run a little bit more. So, okay, it happens on the first drive. All right, it happens. It's a rookie quarterback. And then to and then to hear you know, the post game, and people, well, he really did, Belichick really didn't dial different things up. He just played certain ways. He didn't really go after people like he's known to go after quarterbacks, especially rookie quarterbacks. And then for this to happen on the second drive, I mean, you know, that's a little frustrating. Because the one thing that we had heard about Zach Wilson was that, yeah, there were mistakes being made, but he wasn't continually making the same mistake. Well, that wasn't the case today. He made the same mistake. He continued to throw when there were a lot of people around the receivers. And you don't have to be one of our great football analysts that we have at ESPN, right? I have some colleagues who are just tremendous. Super Bowl experience, everything. Pro Bowl, you name it, they've been through it. So you don't have to be a genius to understand that Zach Wilson – and Corey Davis had a really good feel for each other, really good chemistry in the first in the first game last week. That you knew that that's who Belichick was going to take away. <laughs> you knew Davis was not going to be there. You knew Davis was not going to have a big time game today, because that's not that's how that's Bill Belichick's resume. That's his calling card. I'm taking away what you love to do best. And what Davis does is he allows Zach Wilson to have some um, leeway, right? 
where he can throw the ball high because he knows his receiver is going to go get it. So if there's a scenario where, okay, it's tight coverage, I'm going to throw it high because my guy's going to get it. Well, (laughs) Belichick made sure that your guy was not involved. So he schemed him out. Not, Not so much that you would say that he did an exotic defense and took him away. There was just always two people around him. Either it was a corner and safety help over the top, or there was somebody there. On one of the plays, it looked like there were three people around him. So it was incumbent upon Zach Wilson to try to find other people. Because here's what I know. If there's three people on that guy, somebody's got single coverage, and it's up to you to find out who that person and where that person is. And let's be fair. This offensive line, which was awful in week one, was much better this week. Much better. So for me, I needed to see a little bit more from Zach Wilson than I saw today. Do I understand the interceptions are going to happen? Absolutely. Even the best thrower. But two on your first two possessions, three in the first half, four for the game, no, that can't be done. The goal of a young quarterback, the goal of any quarterback, but especially a young quarterback, is don't turn the football over. Like Mac Jones. Mac Jones didn't turn the football over. Mac Jones wasn't tossing it around. I'm telling you. And we'll talk with uh, Dennis Wozak of the AP at 730. I'm telling you, it took me back to when I was embedded with the Jets and hearing the veterans talk about Mark Sanchez throwing the ball around the yard like – like, like it's not a precious commodity. Like, just tossing it up. Like, he didn't care about it. Like, possessions weren't important. Like, you have to take care of the football because it's a precious possession. It's a precious commodity. You don't just toss it around. And that's what I'm thinking as I'm watching Zach Wilson today. I got to tell you, that's what was on my mind. They was just tossing it up. It's like, here. And I know that's not what he's doing. But when you have three picks... In the first half, got to shake your head. And with that, on the other side, you tip your cat to that jet defense today. Because for you to be down not double digits with three picks in the first half and you kept them out of the end zone all but one time, they did a nice job. That defense is... That defense showed something today. Now, look, they're not perfect. Obviously, they've got some things to do. They got tackling issues, as we saw on the running play where the guy scored. They had missed tackles. But for the most part, you cannot say that that this defense lost the, the game for you today. Can't say it. This defense went above and beyond considering the positions they were put in. You get off the, you come off the field, unstrap your helmet, you're right back on. Twice. In the first half, in the first quarter. So listen, Zach Wilson knows he's got to play better. Jets know he's got to play better. Offensive people, everybody in that building on one Jets drive knows that he's got to play better. And so next week, when they travel to Denver to face an undefeated Denver team whose defense with Vaughn Miller is very physical and whose secondary is very good, this will be a great test for this football team. Every week. And how does Zach Wilson respond? How does Zach Wilson play next week? These are all the things that you find out. 
with a young quarterback. How does he respond to this? He had three picks all last year at BYU. He had four today. And yeah, we understand it's the National Football League, and yeah, everybody's talking about well the type of you know the type of um, teams he faced and the caliber of his opponent and all that. Yeah, I get all that. But now, how does he bounce back? Was his confidence shaken? Had to be for a moment. How could you not? How could your confidence not be shaken? And I get all the things in theory that you say. Well, you know, you got to have a short memory. You got to have this. You got to have that. You know, that's the way. You go. I got it. But you can't tell me that if you throw two picks on two consecutive drives, there's something in the back of your mind that's like, whoa, what's going on here? I don't care what the coaches tell you. I don't care what your teammates tell you. In the back of your mind, there's got to be a little bit of doubt. And then to have your third pick? And then a fourth. Come on now. 1-800-919-3776. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN. Also at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7. Of course, we'll take you around the National Football League. Get you caught up on all the scores, especially the 4 o'clock games. Atlanta has found the end zone again, so they make it closer against New England, who, can I just tell you this? Brady looks, I, I'm sick of saying it. I am so sick of talking about Tom Brady, I can't tell you. Can't tell you. He looks great. Yeah, it's nice when you have weapons. And speaking of the weapons, Jet fans, don't do it. I know you're tempted. I know Sam Darnold and, and Carolina's 2-0. I know they beat the New Orleans team today. I know he looks good. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't kill Zach Wilson yet by saying we kept the wrong, the wrong quarterback. Don't, don't, don't. You got to wait for the season. This is not based on two games. The drive on 987 ESPN 1-800-919-3776. Atlanta inching closer. They now trail the Bucks 28-25. Listen, give Atlanta some credit. I mean, the way the Bucks jumped out in this game, I thought Atlanta was going to fold their tent and just like, well, you know, we, we just can't do it today. They're, they're hanging in. They're making this a game. Matt Ryan, 28 of 36, 267 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Let's get back to you on the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Davidson Summit. He's up next on 98.7. Hey, David. Hey, Larry. How are you? Hope you had a good Great. weekend. Um, oh, you too. I've been a Jets fan a long, long time with my dad at Chase Stadium when I was a little kid. Um, I'm going to say something. I hope you don't get mad. I don't want any There's no cursing or anything. I'm really getting tired of the post-game announcers on this channel being such homers. I mean, let's call something the way it is. We have not had a team run, <laughs> excuse me, run properly since Bill Parcells was here. And as he said, your record is what it is. And I don't care if it's Salah, if it's Adam Gass. What What's our history under Joe Douglas? I think we're 9-25. and 25. You know, all the optimism in the world is wonderful, but we're not anything until we're something. And right now, you can't tell me, based on the first two games of the year, I'm not going to say we're going to win a few games. You can't tell me that this thing is even close to turnaround. And I'm so sick of the homers on the post-game show. I know they're paid by the team, but for them to say anything different is ridiculous. Well, I didn't hear what uh, Budlin Gross has said, David. Thanks for the phone call, but I'll, I'll tell you this. And Joe Douglas has come under some criticism. 
but he's going to get some more criticism if his draft choices can't, can't get on the field. There's been a number of tweets today from various reporters talking about how the Jets 2020, how many guys of the Jets 2020 draft class was not available today, either injured or on IR or whatever the situation was. So, you know, things have to get better. There's no question about it. Now, here's the other thing. The other part of this is the fact that you're still looking for a quarterback. And, David, I don't care what the team is. I don't, I don't even care about the management, although obviously choosing the right guy to be the quarterback is part of management, right? So I get that. But you're not going to have success until you have a quarterback. You're just not. Teams that are searching for quarterbacks, they're not winning either. So this year, to be honest, is, is, is less about wins and losses. Not saying they're not important. Of course they are. But this season is less about wins and losses as it is about you getting squared away with this young quarterback and trying to make sure that you groom him, not get him hurt, that he plays as much as possible, and that you see him get better and better each week. Now, the first two weeks, he was awful. He's been Here's the consistent thing, unfortunately. He's been bad in the first two halves. Last week in the second half, he bounced back. He was better. This week in the second half... <laughs> Not great. He had one. He had three less turnovers in the second half than he did the first, so that was some improvement. But really, he took a, a couple of steps backwards today. There's no denying it. Now the question becomes, what does he do on the road, hostile environment in Denver with a very physical defense and a smart quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater who's not turning the football over to give you extra chances? That's what you want to see. Buddha's in the Bronx. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Unc, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. What's up? Listen, the first two calls have been absolutely outstanding. Ira always, and then the last call with David. I mean, um, he, i got to echo the sentiments that, of, that he said. I don't want to get into the, the post-game stuff so much. But um, first of all, the Jets fans booing this kid after one game and two quarters was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you knew that he was going to have his ups and downs. And um, if this kind of stuff didn't happen, I'd be more worried because that's not normal. You see, what the problem is, the problem is threefold. I, like when I was talking about um, LaFleur, you know, the one thing LaFleur could have done, and I think that they need to explore is, like, get this kid on the move. He's in the pocket way too much. He, he's, he's sitting duck back there. And then they're also asking him, like we discussed before, they drafted whoever they drafted. So these Jets got to stop bringing these kids in here and expect them to be a savior. You know, put a game plan around Simplify all of these great quarterbacks when they first started Brady, Roethlisberger, whoever it is. They gave them half the field to read. They gave, they helped them the same way as like you see what they're doing with the kid Matt Jones. He's checked down Charlie. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't even thrown for over 220 yards. If you really look at what's going on in these last couple of games, but you said something that was very powerful in your opening monologue when you spoke about how the veterans on the Jets told Mark Sanchez, "You're not just going to be throwing this ball all over the place." They bring Wilson in here, and he's voted a captain. You know mm -hmm. why he's voted a captain, Lab? Because you don't have veteran presence on this team. I discussed this with you a thousand times. Now people are starting to see what I'm talking about with Joe Douglas. This penny-saved, penny-earned nonsense, you cannot build a winning team like that. You have to have some veterans. You have to have some players who have accomplished something on the field and in that locker room to help bring along some of these other young guys. If you saw today, 
I got exactly what I wanted. Ty Johnson was the lead back. Michael Carter was the secondary back. The running game was physical. And, again, another thing, this is going to point to our Joe Douglas, like you said, about the players that he's picked. Mims, you know, Berrios is on his field doing anything he can, scrapping and fighting with the other team. You ain't even out there because you can't learn the other positions. That was a wasted pick at number two. And I'm going to tell you another player who you're going to see down the line. People haven't understood when I've been talking about this, and they get so defensive because we haven't had nothing here in terms of good talent. So we draft the guy, we overrate him. That offensive line and that pass protection, specifically on the left side, was better this week. Why? Because Beckton wasn't in there. He's out of shape. His feet are not good to be a pass-blocking tackle. And these are the bullseyes that are coming back to haunt this guy, Joe Douglas. I've been sick. I told you for how many months, last on this mm-hmm. station, I've got faith in this guy. What the hell faith you got? You know him? You personally know him? You got to show me for me to have faith in you. And there's a void of talent here, and I don't want to hear about McCagnin. I don't want to hear about Gates. I don't want to hear about any of these other participants who are not here because it's the same movie three years later. Where is the A-plus talent? That shows you when players who want a contract, who are looking for the, are they coming to a team like this? They're saying, no, I want to go somewhere like a win. And he's got to change that, lad. And he's got to change it ASAP. You know, this six-year contract, that, that thing could be a gift or a curse for the Jets. You understand? Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. And to illustrate a lot of what you're saying, you look at what part of that defense is the fact that you've got, you know, C.J. Mosley over there. And what C.J. Mosley has been able to do as one of the veteran leaders and the guy who's calling the signals and, and calling the plays and doing stuff over there, he's, he's kind of set a tempo. For, for what they've been able to do, and they're, they're getting better. And that secondary that we thought was going to be picked apart has, listen, I know they haven't really, really been tested, but they're holding their own right now. They're holding their own. Jim's in Bear Mountain. Hey, Jim, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how, hey, how are you? All right, Jim, what's up? Uh, I just want to say, I'm not trying to say that the Jets played great today, but there were a couple of, Terrible calls, terrible flags. Uh, there was the one at the beginning, the fumble that wasn't called, uh, the roughing the passer, and then at the end when Sam Darnold got, uh, Sam Darnold, uh, <laughs> Zach Wilson, uh, he got face masked and they didn't call it, and mm-hmm. blatant. Yeah. And and then there was the chop blocking. Yeah, on, on the, twice. <laughs> Twice they got called for that, Jim. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah. And see, that, that's a scenario where, uh, you know, the coaching staff has got to go back and and um, make sure that these guys understand what they're supposed to do and be on the same page with communication. That happens with young teams, inexperience. It should not happen. How often do you see chop blocks in the National Football League? Not very often. To have them on two straight possessions is crazy. So that's something that, you know, once again – They'll look at on the on the coaching tape, and they'll do something, and they'll let the guys know, you know, make sure this is not what you do in those situations. Couple of officiating calls didn't go their way. You're right, but this is what I got to say: you can't turn the football over four times and expect to win. It, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, the officiating may not have been great on a couple of calls; could have gone either way. You're right, but you can't turn the football over like that. You just can't. 
Bill's in Eatontown. Hey, Bill, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how are you? Great, Bill, what's up? A couple of points. This is a young team, and for me, it's all about this year being patient with them, not getting too high, not getting too low. And it's not about, again, for me, it's not about wins and losses. It's about growth. It's about uh, the players, you know, Zach and all the other players. I mean, we're, we're playing 11 rookies, and I think there's five or six second-year players that are getting significant time. It's about being patient. Are they getting better? Are they making the same mistakes over and over again? Or are they growing and getting better? And at the end of the year, that's when we're really going to be able to sit back and go, okay, they made the same mistakes over and over again, or they improved. Then we can go from there. That's the way I feel about this team. I hear what you're saying, Bill, and, and thanks for the phone call. And that's how you're a logical Jet fan. And that's really, ultimately, it is really about the growth of Zach Wilson from week one to week 17. That is what this season is about. You're 1,000% right. But unfortunately, there are fans like yourself, Bill, and I've been talking to you a long time on these airwaves, who are tired of waiting and they want to see something to give them hope that this that Zach Wilson could really be a guy. You look at Herbert in L.A. You look at uh, a couple of other young quarterbacks in the National Football League who uh, seem to have success a little quickly. Right, that right away you see that there's they're not turning the football over. Right, they're getting their team, they're moving their teams down the field. And yet there's variables. Uh, look at the talent around them. Look at different things. Get it. But when you're a team that's been looking for a quarterback, I mean forever, and your quarterback against a team that you despise for clear for a bunch of reasons, starting from their head coach all the way down in the New England Patriots and your young quarterback comes out and throws four picks, I understand the frustration. Emotionally, mentally, they know what you're saying, Bill. This is really about the year for Wilson. But emotionally, can we? is this now the questions in the back of their minds? Because it, it floats from week to week. Maybe he isn't the right quarterback. Maybe what's going on? And, and yeah, you have to give him the year. You get it. You do. But during, in the moment of the games... Because here's what you want. You want competitive games. Even if you lose, you want to be you want competitive games and you want to see that your guy, your young quarterback, is doing a, a better job. He's not turning the football over. He's moving the moving the chains. They're marching up and down the field. Okay, if they're not scoring or it's a young team, they got some mistakes, got some penalties, you'll live with that. But the amount of interceptions, when you got four interceptions, two on back to back drives, Bill, that's tough to swallow, my friend. Yeah, you're right. It's a young quarterback. He's got to learn. And there's going to and guess what? There's going to be more interceptions. <laughs> there's going to be more. He's got to learn. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Our number 2 of The Drive. 1-800-919-3776. Also taking your thoughts via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM. At the bottom of the hour, Dennis Wozniak covers the Jets for the Associated Press. Will join me. We'll get his thoughts on today's Jet game. 
Right now, we're talking to you. Let's go back to the phones. Michael's in Jersey. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's going on? Just got back home from the game here. You know, it was great to be back in MetLife. So out there at 10 a.m., stuff in my face with me. Great to be back. But <laughs> just talking about Zach Wilson here, I think he was uh, trying to do too much today. You know, looking at that second reception, yeah, Corey Davis should have had that ball. But you had Elijah Moore wide open in the flat there. Mm-hmm. Fourth interception, you know, you're just chucking it off. And I get it. It's a development season, but. I think he's just been, you know, just trying to go for that home run ball. And I think he's really just got to be taking those singles. And, you know, this season, my motto is kind of just appreciate the highs and understand the lows. But when it comes to lows, I think that, you know, you really got to see him develop and try and just ask him not to do as much as he's been tasked to do right now. So, Michael, and I agree with you. And thanks for the phone call. Glad you had a decent time out at MetLife Stadium. You were there with the fans. Um, It's about decision-making, right? That's the number one thing that you look for in your quarterback. And you trust them that they understand that the right decision is imperative to keep your drives alive. And yeah, and Salah even said it in the post game where he said, you know, check down. It's okay to be boring. And yeah, I know you want to make the the splash play. I get it. You're home. You want to show that you're the guy. This is your first game. You're excited. I get that. But when you have an open guy right in front of you, your job as quarterback is to keep the line moving. Okay, keep it moving. That play, okay, it's not a first down play maybe, but it's a play that you hit him in stride. You hit him early. Maybe he makes a play for you. There was another play where he got the ball late to um, the tight end, okay, and the tight end ended up, didn't have a chance to turn up field and get more yardage, ended up t- catching the ball and going out of bounds. See, that's your decision-making process. And that's what you want to see your young quarterback get better with and grow and understand. Yeah, I know. I'm looking down. And listen, we want to, you always want your young quarterback to look down the field. Okay? You always do. But listen, take the check down this time. Next time, go deep. Okay? When the, when the matchup is favorable, you had to know going in, all right, that – the number one receiver you had, your number one guy. And I know they told him. I know he knew that all during the week. I know he knew. Because we knew. Okay, we knew. Going in because he and Corey Davis were so successful against the Panthers last week, Corey Davis was going to appear maybe single coverage, but he was never going to be in single coverage. Ever. Ever. May look like it. Never going to be. He's going to take away your number one toy. That's what Belichick does. That's why only six quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks have beaten him. And listen, Wilson still has a chance in the rematch. He's going to see him again. Not that long from now. Okay, so he's got a chance to get back. But for today, going in, you had to know. And yeah, I know you got that. Yeah, I can make a play. I can make a play. I I got a good arm. I can wheel it in there. Okay, fine. Four interceptions later, when you look back at the film, you'll understand. Wow, this guy was open here. That guy was open there. Why? How do I I have seen no video? How do I know other people were, were open? Because there was three people around Davis. Somebody was in single coverage. Had to be. Somebody was probably open on a couple of those plays. I get you want to, I get you want to force the ball in there. You think you can make a play. Believe me, I've spoken to a number of quarterbacks over the years. I understand it. 
but you can't fall into that trap. Take the sure thing. Move down the field. Later in the game, there's, there's opportunities when you can take your shots. There will be. Chris is in Manhattan. Hey, Chris, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. How's everything? Everything's great, Chris. What's up? Oh, not too much. Uh, I'm sorry about that earlier. I had to take call. Um, but um, it worked out for the best because you did say something about Sam Darnold and people not bringing him up. And I was going to say there's probably a person that people are uh, more concerned with right now other than Sam Darnold. And I was going to say that was Denzel Mims. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm glad you everyone went into that. And, you know, I know – to a certain extent, I know there's a certain – okay, was it third down, red zone, where they ran where they ran, where they they ran, ran the ball? And if I'm correct, is that not a play where at least I got a specialist over there? And, and I think if that's something, you know, the sentiment, you know, in terms of you may not know, and, and yes, you – look, if I need you to learn multiple positions before you get on the, you're going to need to learn multiple positions. Um, if that's really what it is, I don't, you know, if there could be a whole lot of coach speak, you know, that you may allude to there, you know, who knows what could possibly be going on. Mm-hmm. But in terms of people not understanding why Denzel Mims is not active and thinking about a play that you're down in the red zone instead of, you know, I think it was a conservative run. Mm-hmm. Is that to play that you're thinking, well, look, I got a jump ball to, you know, uh, to Denzel Mims over here. I got, you know, I can get, uh, you know, possibly. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, on post game, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I can mention it at SNY, they were saying something about Elijah Moore not being put in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be put in I'm the slot. I'm glad you, huh? That he should be in the slot. That yes, lining him yes, up outside. That he, that he mm-hmm. wasn't is that he was more on the outside. Uh, right. That he should be working more from the slot, especially since Jameson Crowder isn't there. Mm-hmm. So I mean that speaks to uh Buddha and Ira's uh possible concern with Mike LaFleur. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, all things happen for a reason, you know, because that piggybacks off of what you just said about going to up against Belichick. Mm-hmm. And it's almost I don't care if you're a rookie, 10-year veteran. He's taking away your first option, okay? And if and if the quarterback needs to know that, I would have to think not only does the head coach need to know that, but more importantly, the OC needs to know that. And then the second and third options need to really become your first options. Uh, and there's no reason. Um, somebody's going to have to explain throughout the week, and I'm sure that we'll chop this up why you don't have a consistent check down person now mm. uh we're not giving no passes out here nope. zach, zach wilson is my quarterback love him yeah i love him love him just as much as i love the last quarterback but uh a great man said something as to the reason why the last quarterback wasn't here and it was about regardless of what's going on around you I look for what you can control. Who was that? I guess I should raise I my hand. Larry Hardesty. I guess I should raise my hand. That's how I look at quarterbacks, yeah. Chris. That's how I look at yeah, them. Yeah, but 
Well, yeah, I mean, but but in that sense, and this is going to be something moving forward, and it speaks to, and Robert Sala says something about, and you can play it, the, mm-hmm. uh, about playing boring football. Now, does that mean you do some Peyton Manning and Eli Manning stuff? Hey, look, you know what? I'm not going to run around. I'm going to slide, let him touch me down. I'm only going to lose two yards, or I'm not going to throw something up in the air. Mm-hmm. Am I going to do some Peyton Manning? Look, when I get out of the pocket, you know, hey, look, you know what? Let me throw that at it. Let me throw that into the 30th row. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that we always talk about, you know, you know, or everyone laments, you know, with young quarterbacks, this is decision-making. That's good. It's what's about They can talk about play call, and the running game was there. Offensive yeah. line was there was beaten they would it was like beating up the body yeah it was like you would get a run for eight yards to be in second and two and my man look man how look however it happens the interceptions were drive killers and you throwing the defense right back at defense was playing well mm-hmm. larry hartsby came into the season oh, i don't know about the young corners and you're correct this is something that will where you know we're going to look at the same way at as the quarterback position but man, They've when done I well tell the first you two weeks. that quarterback decisions for this game at least, mm-hmm. okay? Nah, man, nah, 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 nah. I, I need to see. Look, if you look, if you're gonna run, let's get a little bit of north and south and some Derek Jeter. Let me get a slide <laughs> for three yards, like you used to see Russell Wilson do. And then yep. I also need a little Derek Jeter. And a little Eli in the press, your press conferences need to get a little bit better. Some of that, when we have some stump, when it's really on you, say I, don't say we. Mm-hmm. Like the previous I'm guy. Right. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to bring that up. We're mm-hmm. not. We're going to not going. And Leger Doosable, if you have him on later on in the week, oh please talk about that. Mm-hmm. No, well, he talked a, about let it me already. Tell you something. <laughs> in New York, they jump on that. Yeah, they do. Yes, we do. Thanks for the call, Chris. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We do jump on it. We do. And I'm just, that's been my experience in talking to coaches and players for the years that I've been blessed to be in this business. That's why I look at quarterbacks. They can't control who, who they can't control who's on the field or who's not on the field. But what they can control is no and here's the thing. We saw him in week one, him being Zach Wilson. We saw him look the defense, look to receivers away and come back to other receivers. You mean to tell me you can see that Corey Davis double team? You look to Corey Davis like you're going to force it in and come back the other way? Because obviously you you kind of predetermined where you were going because there was like three people around him on the first play. Three. Listen, it's not easy. You got a rookie quarterback. You got a rookie offensive coordinator and calling plays. Okay? They will grow. They will get better. All right? They will. They have to. But for today, and and we understand there's going to be pitfalls. I opened with there's going to be roller coasters. You get it. You understand, you know. But, man. He's better than that. Rolling out, throwing it away, he's better. People underneath open, he's better. Got to do a better job. Has to.
It's The Drive on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. On the scoreboard, boy, I tell you, you know what? Uh, Derrick Henry, I know that our Stephen A. Smith talks about Aaron Rodgers as a bad man. Derrick Henry, forgive me, Stephen A. He's a bad man. 30 carries, 161 yards, and three touchdowns. Titans have tied this game with the Seahawks. Eight seconds left in regulation. Seahawks trying to drive for a field goal to win the game. Otherwise, I smell overtime. Let's head now to our, a good friend of mine, a guy who I had the chance to be embedded with the Jets with for a number of years. Wow, I just can't, I can't believe he's still there. Does a tremendous job. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter, at Dennis uh, Wazak. He'll give you his Twitter handle. It, it's for me. It's 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 a must. You got to check him out. Dennis Wozniak from the AP. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Hello, Larry. How are you, man? I'm doing great, my friend. How's things? Well, uh, you know things uh, things have been better. You know, but you know what? <laughs> we've we've sat through a lot of games over the years and and seen a lot of players come and go. And uh, you know, it was one of those those games today where it was like. Uh-oh, you know, <laughs> and then yeah. it just kept going, and you're like, uh, so you can kind of feel where the fans are coming from because, you know, this was not good at all, Larry. <laughs> this was not good at all. It's not, and Dennis, I was telling the audience when I first came on that it took me back to uh, Tony Richardson and Thomas Jones and uh, a number of veterans who were talking about how they had to – who Mark Sanchez told us at the time – that some veterans pulled him to the side and said, listen, you got to treat this ball like it's precious, this football like it's precious. You can't just be throwing it around the, throwing it around the park. And all of a sudden, I, 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 heard, I heard Mark Sanchez's voice probably around the first half today after three of those four touchdowns from Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it was, uh, you know, I, I think when you look at what he was trying to do, um, he comes out after a, a pretty solid performance in the opener, uh, you know, come out. I'm sure the adrenaline's going, and the fans are fired up. He's at home for the first time, uh, trying to get off to a good start, and his first pass is picked off. And it's okay, he bounced back. His second pass is picked off, and now it's like it's got to shake your confidence a little bit. And he said it didn't, but you've got to believe that it did. Um, I think he was trying to do too much. I, I really do. And he, if Zach Wilson said that it was more a lack of execution, not that he was trying to do too much, but it was clear that there were things that, that were going on on the field um, that you could see he was trying to make big plays happen. I mean, there were, there were shorter plays to be made, you know, guys just like just right in front of him and he's looking downfield. Those are the little things that I think we'll see him get better at. I think he'll look at that film and he'll learn from it and see that, you know, he had he had a receiver short. He had a tight end short. Just just get it get it out. You know, get the ball out to somebody and, and move the chains. Move just move downfield. And to Mac Jones's credit, that's kind of what they did today. That not only did they do that the Patriots today, they did that last week in the loss to Miami. They were just kind of being efficient. And Robert Sala said, you know, it, it's okay to be boring sometimes in this game. And I think that's what there's going to be a balance that needs to be made because Zach Wilson is so used to making big plays in college. Well, some of the throws that he makes that he made in college, 
those aren't going to fly in the NFL, and they're going to get picked off, and that's exactly what happened today. And I think, Dennis, what emphasizes that point so well is the fact that unlike last week, the offensive line played better, and you've got – the running game was working today, so there was no need to be, you know, to – to, to toss the ball down the field to make big plays right away. You could you could keep the ball on the ground a little bit, make some moves, have some more versatility to your offense. Yeah, and, and that's a, an excellent point, Larry, because um, those two areas were big problems last week in the opener at Carolina, the offensive line. Now, the pass protection wasn't great, but the, the run blocking was solid, and that running game was going at They averaged almost uh, five yards a carry, and – the, that Shanahan-style offense, that's exactly what you saw as far as the running game, just mixing and mac- matching uh, Ty Johnson and Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman, just getting those guys involved. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if you have the running game working, that's got to open things for the passing game, so you don't need to force those throws. And some of those throws, uh, I mean, that first interception was bad. I think the third one, um, it, the, the second one was off Corey Davis's hands, and, and he – Davis blamed himself, but still, you throw into a guy that's covered by quite a few defenders downfield. You know, again, you don't need to force it. And I, I think you saw a young quarterback trying to make things happen where when he didn't have to, because even at halftime, that game was thirteen three. They were still right in it. You know, I mean, yeah. if you go by history, <laughs> by double digits at halftime, they they don't lose, but. Still, that's it's a ten point game. You're in that, despite the three interceptions at, at, at in the first half. But then he comes out, Zach Wilson, in the, in the second, in the third quarter, and he throws one up again. And it's just, man, you can't have another game like this at all. Mm-hmm. And right. he's gonna learn. He will. Dennis Wozniak covers the uh, Jets for the AP, among other duties that he does for the Associated Press. You're listening to the Drive <laughs> here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. All right, Dennis, you're there every day. There's always there's always one story. There's one athlete. There's one person that always captures everything and takes that you end up saying, "What is going on here?" I submit for your approval, Denzel Mims. Dennis, what's going on with Denzel Mims? <laughs> well, that's a that's a really good question. And uh, now we keep hearing that it's like, well, you know, we have other guys who. Uh, know the the offense and they know different positions. They know the X Y Z. They can do multiple things. They can play special teams. Okay, Denzel Mims might not be able to do those things, but Denzel Mims does some things that those other guys don't. And I think, especially with Crowder out again today, uh, not that they play the same position, but you have a guy he can make plays. He, this guy Denzel Mims, he comes in last week in the fourth quarter, goes down catches a 40-yard pass. That's what you're looking for, uh, and that, that would have come in handy today, a red zone presence. That's what he could do. He's physical. He can go up and get the ball. You probably could have used that type of player today. And when you think about, okay, who does he replace? Well, why, why does he have to replace any? Just start – just to have guys out there now. I mean, this kid needs help, Zach Wilson, um, on offense. Just give him as much as you can you know, at this point, and see what works instead of holding back. Now, it's clear, Larry, that they aren't high on Denzel Mims for various reasons. And maybe he's not um, getting grasping the playbook as well as they hoped. And he's a guy where, you know, we saw Robbie Anderson who, hey, Robbie, just go down, 
as fast as you can and catch the ball. And then he evolved into something much more than that, you know, into a reliable uh, uh, you know, type of receiver where you, you could play him in different roles. And I think right now they just see Mims as a guy like Robbie was early on in his career, that he's fast down the down the five get down deep, but that's about it. Well, something needs to change. And this is going to be interesting to see what happens from Mims' standpoint too, Dennis, because does he, does he say, okay, I'm not going to let them beat me. I'm going to do what I have to do to get on the field. You know, this is a young player in the second year. Yeah, last year he had injuries, injuries in training camp, food poisoning, slowed down again this year. So he's a guy where his availability has been questioned. So, you know, that's part of the reason why he maybe hasn't learned all the offense. But then, then it's, that's part of coaching too. You're supposed to have him ready. That's what the term yeah. being coached up means. No doubt. No doubt. And and I think it, there's a fine balance, you know, with, with between um, running your scheme and running your offense, running your defense, and having young players. Dennis, you there? Losing their confidence. Okay. Hello? Yeah, we lost you for a second. Yeah, what was and, the first part of what you said? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you have to – um, it's a delicate balance of, mm-hmm. you know, you have players who have, uh, you know, ability and you don't want to lose them mentally um, and, and have their confidence shaken because you might need them. You need them. And the, the thing is that when you see a coaching staff get changed, you know, these players, a lot of these players that were here last year, they weren't drafted or signed to come into and play in this particular system. So now as a coach, you need to see how you can integrate these these guys' talents into the scheme that you have. So Denzel Mims is a talent. He's that there's a reason he went in the second round. It, there's got to be a way you could use him and help Zach Wilson. I, I just I can't I can't wrap my head around him not being used at all in the first two games. Only thing I know, Dennis, and we'll move on to the defense, is that it's very simple. He ran a four three. Somehow you can use him yeah. on the field running a four three. He could be doing something. <laughs> Yes, for sure, exactly. <laughs> get the, get that speed out there, yeah. <laughs> Give me a break, um, Dennis. You know what? I, I've been I, kind of surprised at the way the defense has played with all the changes and all the injuries and the young secondary. The defense, yeah, a couple of missed tackles today. They had some missed tackles last week, but considering four turnovers and they did a great job because they were on the field a lot. Yeah, and, and those young corners in particular. Brandon Eccles and, uh, and Bryce Hall, they've impressed me. They've had some pretty good first, you know, first two weeks here where, I mean, going into the season, you thought, oh, man, these guys are just going to – teams are just going to throw all over them. And, and maybe there will be games like that. But so far I've been, I've been impressed uh, by, by the secondary and what it's been able to do because we thought it would be Swiss cheese, that, that teams would, you know, just light them up. And that hasn't been the case. Um, now, again, the first two quarterbacks they face are Sam Darnold and Mac Jones, a rookie. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater next week in Denver, that might be a different story. But, um, yeah, with, with that pass rush has been able to do, they sacked uh, Mac Jones three times. They put pressure on him. Uh, I, think, I think the defense played well. And I, I think even Robert Sala acknowledged that. And, and Zach Wilson said it himself. He said, hey, you know, the defense – they did their job. They put us in position where we could win the game. We just didn't do the job, and I shoulder that 
that blame. It, I put that on myself. So um, the, if the defense can continue to play this way and Zach Wilson can learn, well, maybe midway through the season we'll see both of these, uh, uh, you know, both sides on uh, on the same page and be able to, to put a, a game together here. It's going to be a big test, though, on, on Sunday, then this final thing. On the road in Denver, loud crowd, uh, thin air. Uh, you know, Von Miller, who's playing very well, they're undefeated. This is a tough challenge for a young quarterback and a young team on the road. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. You, you thought, if you were the Jets, that you could pull out at least one of these first two games before you go to Denver. You know, playing uh, Carolina down there, okay, you know, maybe because it's a road game, it would have been tough. New England, you know what they can do with Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks, but still they had their own rookie quarterback. Maybe you could pull one of these out. I mean, Larry, now you're looking at an 0-3 start possibly, and you know how things start to, to kind of snowball when, when you're losing. I mean, we saw it last year, you know, completely different team, different coaches. Uh, that's what this season might be. There might be a lot of losing that goes on. Um, but you want to see Sam uh, – I was going to say Sam Darnold. You want to mm-hmm. see Zach Wilson uh, progress, and that's the thing. You've you got to see improvement. So it's key, even if they do lose, and I'm not for moral victories here, but you have to see him be much, much better than he did in his decision-making in Denver next Sunday because, uh, you know, he had a lot – there's going to be a lot of film to look at for him to get better off of. No doubt about that. Dennis, thanks for a couple of minutes. Regards to the family. We'll talk soon so we can cry over the Mets season. <laughs> you got it, Larry. Always great talking to you, my man. All right. Take care. Dennis Wazak, who covers the Jets for the Associated Press. It's the drive on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So listen, give give the Ravens some credit. Okay, Lamar Jackson throws a touchdown. Tyron Matthew takes it to the house. And then Baltimore comes right back and ties the game. Now, the last play was, I'm sure, just the way that Baltimore drew it up. Hand the ball off to Williams. His hand hits the helmet of a Kansas City defender, the ball pops up in the air (laughs) and one of his teammates gets it. Like I said, just the way you threw it up. Just the way you drew it up. Hughes fumbles, recovered by DuVernay. We're tied at seven. Kansas City and Baltimore in the Sunday night matchup. I mean, listen. Kansas City can can score points on their own. You don't need to give them turnovers. (laughs) They got no problem putting the ball in the end zone. No problem. None. But this is a good test for this Baltimore defense. And listen, what Baltimore has had to go through with all the injuries they've had, I mean, already. And as a matter of fact, a lot of injuries today in the National Football League. Carson Wentz hurt among others. Maybe we'll do a scoreboard in a couple of minutes to get you caught up on what happened in the National Football League today here on The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. But I want to finish what I was talking about earlier with the Yankees. 
Let's start with Aaron Boone. I want to hear what he's got to say. Aaron Boone is, he is not a glass half full guy. He's a glass three quarters full guy. <laughs> he always finds, he always finds the positives. Even yesterday, and I'm telling you, yesterday, if you heard his post game about the error by Gary Sanchez who missed the foul pop behind the plate, That is as close to him calling out a player as you will ever get. And he said he should have had it. <laughs> That's as close as he'll get. You never hear him criticized, but ever. There's always an extenuating circumstance. There's always he did, he tried, this happened, that happened. There's always something. There's always something to make it like, well, it didn't, it, it, it's, it's all, uh, it was tough. It wasn't that easy. It's always something. Always something. Here's what he had to say about his team being outscored by 22 runs the last two games. We got to get better in a hurry. You know, period. It's just that that just, you know, wasn't good enough today. And 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 we got to, you know, the important thing is to remember we're not far off from from where we were a couple weeks ago where we were running them off, but we got to do better than this. That's, that's an awful couple of days out there and uh, we got to get past it in a hurry and, and, and I, I, you know, not even get caught up and we got to win that. We got to play well, we got to go play a complete game like we did Friday night, but we can't do that every two, every three games. We got to play really good baseball. uh, If we're going to even think about being where we want to be. Wow. That's him, like, that's glass half full, Aaron. <laughs> Interesting. And he's right. He's a thousand percent right. And if they don't play that way, they don't deserve to have any conversations about being in the postseason. They don't deserve it. They don't. If you can't win meaningful games down the stretch where you know you have to win, then you don't deserve to be in the postseason. See, that's the issue. They've blown so many of these games earlier. They could have, you could say you have a, re, a relapse. Let's say you're not playing perfect. Let's say you're lining your players up or you're lining things up for the postseason, whatever. Okay, that's different. You need every one of these games because of the way that you have played before in games this season. This is why you're in the position you're in. Because of your inability to close out teams that you're much better than. And you haven't done it. And that's why you, you've got to win every game. You have no margin for error. None. Gary Cole on how the Yanks are losing. I would, I would assume that, you know, we have a lot of true professionals who probably go about their business the same way. With that said, like, it still sucks to lose. Like, it still sucks to lose like this. It still sucks to, like, really not have, like, a clear and concise answer for, like, you know, what the problem is so you can go ahead and fix it. And that in itself is challenging to deal with as well, because like, you know, you're, you're out there trying to control what you can control. So, I mean, it's going to be tough to shower off. It's not going to be easy. We don't really have a choice, (laughs) you know, like we're not building a lot of confidence playing inconsistently. Uh, It's not a really great way to build a lot of confidence. We just got to go out and prepare and, and, and trust in what we're doing. And so, you know, just try to win, just try to win one game and, and, and try to go from there. Flush this one and, and move on.
And once again, for your ace to struggle in a game that you really need, game and a half behind Toronto for the second wild card, after losing to them yesterday, for him to struggle like that, I mean, you're not expecting that from him. You, the money he's making, I'm, I'm, listen, I hate to say it, you're paying him to be the guy that stops these situations. That's, that's his job. His job is to make sure that you don't have this issue. Today, he let the team down. Do you feel like you let the team down this afternoon? I mean, yeah. I mean, I came in here to try to win a series and uh, put it out of reach. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he did. And once again, as I said, because he's the ace. That's what you expect. He's the. That's his job. Stop the bleeding. Keep it rolling when you're winning. Stop a losing streak when you're coming in. Pitch well. Give us a chance to win. The ace of your staff is the best starter of your staff. He is that. And you really, really needed him today. You really did. He wasn't there. Terrence is in the Bronx. Hey, Terrence, you're next on the drive. Hey, how you doing? Good, Terrence. Look, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good. You know, I never wanted Boone here. You know, I, I really like Girardi. But you can say Sanders is the reason why Girardi's not here. Because Girardi, as a winning catcher, a championship catcher, championship coach, knows how to play the position and was getting on Sanchez hard. Sanchez hasn't been a good catcher since he's gotten the league. You know, so he needs tough luck or he needs to move. He needs to go somewhere else. We need to get some value out of him. And boom, like, yeah, I, you got to get on your players. Parcells, Belichick, Billy Martin, you have to get on your players. And this kid gloves thing, like, there's no accountability. You know, like, when guys strike, stand strikes out four times here and there, like, no, you, you got to get on these guys. You know, and that's, I'm a firm believer in that. How do you feel about it, Larry? Well, Terrence, thanks for the phone call, and I think he does. I think Aaron Boone does get on the players, but he does it behind the scenes. You're not finding in this era of sports now where coaches and managers really jump on players. It's rare. Uh, Mike Rabel last week when he jumped on Julio Jones, it was like, what? Coaches, players, they, coaches just don't do that now. That's not, that's not how you deal with today's player. Now, I'm not going to sit here to say to you that he has an easy pass. Boone does behind the scenes because I know normally that's the way it is now. You talk to players, you jump on their case privately. You don't do it in the media. And I know fans would like it to be done in the media because then you feel as though that the coach and the manager is as invested in this team playing the best they can play as you are. And that's what you're looking for. And that's what you expect. And you want them, you want that manager, you want that head coach to rip into that player. Listen, they knew what Gary Sanchez was. They knew that he was just uh, okay as a defender. They love his arm. They felt that he could, you know, throw runners out. His offense 
made up for any lack of issues he had defensively. Unfortunately, that offensive ship has sailed. Now, has he hit better this year than the past couple of years? Yes, he has. But, you know, and then there's the conversation about because they want him to, uh, you know, set a lower target so that he can help the pitchers with, uh, you know, setting up pitches and getting the call third strikes and getting down low so he can help the pitchers get the, the umpire see and get the calls. Now he's even worse at trying to stop the wild pitches in the past possible pass ball because he's not sitting in a crouched position so he can't move from side to side. He's got one leg stretched out to go down as low as he can. So if the ball bounces in the dirt, forget it. It's going back to the backstop. He's not stopping it. And listen, you could argue he wasn't stopping it anyway. So at least let's get, let's get let's let him get into a position where he can frame the pitch better, and at least we can get some strikeouts because he's not getting the ball. The ball's getting past him anyway. But for him to drop that pop yesterday, I mean, come on, you can't do that. You got to make that catch. It's a pop. It wasn't even like he was going against the fence. It was right behind the plate. The ball moved. He just he just didn't move back with it. He didn't follow it back. And unfortunately for him, the offense has been so inconsistent and don't score a lot of runs that you can't afford to make any mistakes defensively with this team. You can't because they don't score enough runs consistently to bail you out. So you're in a scenario where we got we, we have to play almost – Perfect baseball. Perfect. And yeah, I listen, I don't know. We could play what could have been, what would have been, hypothetical situation, scenario, so on and so forth. Listen, Yankees scored a run today. So does it matter if Garrett Cole gave up three runs or seven runs or 10 runs or 15 runs? You scored one. You scored one run. Does it really matter? Yeah, you could say to me, well, Larry, come on, it's 11. I mean, if it's 2-1, it's a little different game. It's a little different feel. You could find a way to scratch a run in, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, hypothetically, you're right. But how many times have you seen this Yankee offense do what they did today, do what they did yesterday? Three or four runs, maybe. I mean, they don't consistently, That's that's been their issue. And that's what you really surprised at because you look at the offensive talent on this team, you're shaking your head. How is this possible that this team is struggling to score runs? How? How? That's the way it's been. It really has. This is 98.7 ESPN.